0: I was reading a book the other day, I just come across a phrase, and when I did, that phrase spoke to me, didn't apply to me where, um, I don't know, it, it just spoke to me, that, that, that small little phrase, and this phrase was, not for sale, not for sale, and I started praying, I told dad that, I'm preaching on not for sale. I said, I don't even know what scripture I'm going to use. But I said, I know this is the subject today. And I come in here and begin to study. And God led me right to where we're supposed to go today. And in Genesis chapter 25, verse 24. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name. Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when he bore them. So they grew, the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Hmm. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field and was very weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with some of that red stew, for I am very weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm not about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew and lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, it teaches us. It teaches us, Lord. It leads us. It guides us. It's anointed. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Lord, that I can speak the words, Lord, that you want me to speak today. Lord, that I can speak the words that you give me, Lord, to give to these people. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I want to preach for just a little while with the thought, not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. We see in the scriptures where... A birthright was sold for a bowl of soup, for a bowl of stew, lentils. Don't even know what lentils are. Don't even care. Don't sound good. Some things you just don't even try because they don't sound good. But he was able to give that up because his stomach was hungry. And right off the bat, I'm getting off my notes, but I, this just struck me so much. How many times do we give up? Do we give up on God? Do we throw in the towel? Do we give up and sell out for something so small? For the pleasure of sin for a season? Selling our birthright. Shelly loves to shop. She loves to shop. She looks at different styles of clothing, but especially shoes. She loves looking at shoes. She loves shoes. When she goes back, she comes back telling me about all the bargains she ran into. She says things like I I bought these shoes and you buy one and you get the second pair half off and she's telling me about all of her bargains and everything and I'm I'm the good husband. I listen to it all and that's that's nice, that's good. I, I see I get advertisements on my phone sometimes that says come in or log in online and, and you'll get seventy percent off. I'm thinking, you know, if I don't log in then I get a hundred percent off. But <laughs> That sounds like a better deal to me. In our society, there's abundance of different things for sale, and it's not a bad thing. When I go shopping, I'm looking for something. And I said it last week, it doesn't take men long to shop. We we look in the store, we're done, We, we see it. We either see it or we don't see it, and we move on. I don't have to go to the clearance aisle and go through every article of clothing there. Most of that clothing in there is like extra small, and I don't have to worry about that. So I don't even go look at it. If it's shoes that I need, I go in and find the shoes, and they have them for sale. If it's tools that I need, I'm going to go to Lowe's or Home Depot or some other home improvement store, uh, what they call them nowadays, or a hardware store. And you know what? I've never once been in one of them hardware stores or Lowe's or Home Depot that I took something up to the counter and they said, that's not for sale. They're in the business to sell something. They're in the business to sell something. Never once did they tell them, no, you can't buy that drill. You can't buy that hammer. Nothing like that. Never experienced it. No matter how much you want that item, though, if you go to a yard sale, I've seen this happen before. Shelly pull out clothes. She'll have a yard sale. And I see the boys get into them and say, hey, this is not for sale. I'm I'm keeping this. And they'll pull it back. And it reminded me of something. How many ever remember Toy Story, the movie? The movie Toy Story, Toy Story 2, 3, and 4. It's one of the highest grossing movies and franchises in the world. In the 1999 movie Toy Story 2, that just seems impossible it's that old, but Toy Story 2, 1999. Sheriff Woody finds himself accidentally in a yard sale. When a toy collector tried to buy him, the mother running the yard sale said, Woody, the doll is not for sale. And I'll just tell you right now. Boys, because I have three boys, they don't have dolls. They have action figures. They're just dolls, so I'm just saying. But when the mother turns her head, Sheriff Woody is stolen by the collector because he is a rare, distinctive, unique, one-of-a-kind toy. But the mother knew he wasn't for sale. He knew the value. It wasn't for sale. You know, in the movie, he's just a toy. But it was valuable to her son. That's where the value comes. But again, this all coming to me. It made me think of some scriptures in Genesis 1 and 27. The Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created, them. created he them. And then it's the psalmist said in 139 and 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right. Well, and then Luke 12 and 7. But even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. We are so valuable to God that he created us in his image. He numbered the hairs. You know, I'm losing some hair now, I found out. But he knows how many hairs I have in my head. You're exactly what God wanted. He created you the right, uh, and I hate to use the word race, but he did. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian. It doesn't matter, Hispanic. He created you the right race, the right skin color. He did that for us. He knew all the particulars about us. Uh, He even knows the real color of your hair. All of them. God knew who you were getting married to, how many children you'll have or won't have. He knew the relationships that weren't going to work out and the ones that have. Nothing has gone on that surprised God. He knew everything about you from the beginning. God knows that you're a rare, distinctive, unique, one of a kind person that sometimes finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. And sometimes it may be no fault of your own, but our enemy comes in and tries everything you do to buy us, to trick us, to steal us. I guess the worst one of them, though, is to buy us, to buy us, not to buy us as a whole word, to buy us, because we're so willing to sell out. I told the staff today, I said, you know, this is an encouraging word but it's still a tough word. We've got to protect ourselves from selling out what God has given to us. Our enemy wants you to try everything he can do to separate us from God. The God in us says, not for sale. The Jesus that's inside of you says, not for sale. Satan tries to negotiate every kind of tactic he can, he can negotiate with us. We've got to remember, not for sale. Our salvation is not for sale. Our birthright is not for sale. Do you know why my Bible says in first in John four and four, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. It doesn't matter that we come up against the Satan, it doesn't matter what we come up against or what the devil throws at us, because greater is he that's in us. Greater is the God that's in us than he that is in the world. We have a treasure hidden in our lives. That we take for granted and if we're not careful we allow the enemy an inroad into our life to rob us of the thing that god's entrusted us with and that's his spirit in our text i want to point out a few things today i'm going to go back and read some of this probably the first question god would be asking today have we underpriced our birthright in the new king james version so when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there was twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. I read one commentary. say said it was like a robe with hair all over it. I'm just like, I can't imagine that. I did see that on the Adams family years ago. They had the little guy that was all hairy like that. But anyway, it said he was red and he was hairy garment looked like a garment all over and they called his name Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she was born. Uh, So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. Some quick facts about these two men. We know Esau's name means the hairy one. Jacob's name means the heel catcher or supplanter. The original Hebrew proclaims, Esau is a wild, undisciplined man who lived in the wild and lived a wild life, seeking sport and adventure. And Jacob was a quiet, mature individual. He was sensible, diligent, dutiful, and peaceful. And we know he still wasn't perfect. Esau was born, and the family descended from Abraham. God's promises rested on them. God had told Abraham that He was going to build a nation and the people that would number as many as the stars in heaven. Esau underpriced his heritage. Today we have Christians who, although born into the same family, born into Christ's family, has Jesus living on the inside, they walk the fence and do not want to walk according to what God would have them to do, What God would have them, how God would have them to walk. They are wild, undisciplined. Not walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Walking less than what God intended for them to walk. And what might be worse is we ignore God's directive. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For it he is the wellspring of life. And instead, we're allowing our birthright to be underpriced and sold. Torn away from us. And Satan's sitting back and laughing at us. God's calling us to assess today and see if we have placed too low of a price on our birthright that God has provided for us as Christians. I believe the next question God's asking us is, have we shortchanged our birthright? Go on in the scripture, In verse 29 says, Now Jacob cooked the stew. Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name is called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Esau came in from a day of hunting to find Jacob boiling something because he was famished. Esau asked excitedly to, and repeatedly for some of that stew. He was excited when he come in. Somebody was cooking something. I'm excited when somebody calls me to dinner. It's time to eat. We shortchange our birthright. We want to sow our wild oats first. We want to live our life before we want to settle down into what God has for us. It may seem that that it's important for us to do this. And if you listen to the world, they're going to tell you things like that. You know what? You've got to try several partners before you figure out which one to marry. We're awfully quiet, but it's still the truth. We sell our birthright. We sell our birthright. Sometimes we sell our birthright for anger, just to be angry, just to cuss somebody out, just to hornswear them a little bit. We sell out sometimes for the smallest things. Shortchange our birthright. We wanna sow some wild oats. As a child of God, we never underestimate, we can never underestimate or shortchange our birthright as a king's kid. We have to stand firm. When temptations come along, we have to say, not for sale, devil. Not for sale. Hebrews 11.24 tells us, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused, refused to sell out. I'm not going to do it. Choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Which reminds me of another scripture by Paul. 2 Corinthians four seventeen and for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal way of glory. Hallelujah. It's a small affliction is what Paul calls it. Moses, or excuse me, uh, yes, we're talking about Moses here in Hebrew, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions. Sometimes you have to make a choice. It may not be the, the, the choice that feels good at the time. Sometimes we have to put the pride down. We have to put our own feelings aside and say, you know what? That may be good for a while. That pleasure of sin may be good for a while. But you know what? I'm not for sale. My birthright's not for sale. I'm not going to give up that easy. I'm not going to give in that easy. I'm not going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm not going to give them a horn swear and flip them the bird. I'm going to live for Jesus today. I tell my boys all the time, cuss words doesn't have to be what we consider Cuss words. I know you're thinking, oh, that's getting a little strict there. It's the intent of the heart. You're so angry and you're calling somebody, you stupid idiot. You might as well call them anything else you wanted to call them. It's the heart. It's the heart. It's not the word, the words, words are not sin. It's the heart that you, you let that come into. That pleasure of sin for a season is not going to steal my birthright. We have to make up our mind that no matter what comes along, we're not for sale, our birthright's not for sale and i'm going to quote this scripture till i die john 10:10 10, 10. the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy i am come that they may have life and they might have that more abundantly hallelujah my birthright is not for sale i'm going to live an abundant life in jesus name second corinthians 5:17 says therefore if any man be in christ he's a new creature old things are passed away behold all things become new We understand that scripture. We agree with that scripture. When we become a believer, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, and He lives in us. Satan doesn't tempt us just to do wrong things, He tempts us in order to lose what God has placed inside of us. It's just not to see, well, let's see if I can get Drew to do this or that. He's trying to get the Jesus out of Drew. He's trying to get me to sell my birthright. Not that he cares of what sin you're doing. He doesn't care what sin it is. He wants you to sell your birthright. You say, well, that sounds a little weird. Listen to this. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, Satan was tempting his deity. Wasn't he? It was the very thing that he wanted to steal from Jesus to begin with. The very reason he got kicked out of heaven. He does the same thing with us believers today. Satan wants to steal the essence of who we are in Christ by getting us to sell our birthright. We just got to keep saying, not for sale. I hear people all the time say, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. We need to be telling, not today, Satan. And we're not, not for sale, Satan. <laughs> not for sale. Satan wants to steal it from us. Esau lost his birthright because he chose the temporary over the permanent and that's probably the easiest way to wrap this whole message up today is we settle for the temporary the temporary high the temporary pleasure the temporary we're trading it we're selling it for our eternal hope which is Christ Jesus how do we give you know I I, I wrote this sermon and I'm thinking to myself the whole time right how do we do this why do we do this are we crazy we look at the Bible sometimes. You're thinking, Peter, what is wrong with Peter? He's walking with Jesus. And, and look at all the different things uh, that Peter did wrong. Even after he was saved, even after he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he was still uh, prejudice, racism. It was still there. It was still there in him. He didn't want to eat with people. He didn't want to have anything to do with the Gentiles. And Paul had to get in his face. To, hey, listen. That's not the way, Peter. Temporary things. We give up too easy. We shortchange God when we choose to fulfill our immediate needs. Instead of treasuring that seed that God has planted in our hearts and keeping that pure relationship towards him. Lord, help us today. I think the final question that God's asking us is, are we selling out? Are we selling out today? Again, going back to our text, Genesis 25 and 32. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Who cares about a birthright if I'm dead? Coming down the line in our society, you may see some of these come to pass. You were seeing it on the foreign fields right now. I was reading an AG report that came in to me yesterday and talking about some of the missionaries that are going through the struggles right now because they're absolutely not going to let them preach the gospel and when they do they're imprisoning them, and some of them are dying are you going to sell out well you know i i guess i could sell out and then i get saved later because you know uh, i don't want to die i'm no i'm no use to god dead that's what esau said i'm going to die anyway if you don't feed me really you just went out hunting you wasn't about to die I don't know if you read your Bible the same way I did, but I'm thinking, this guys he's a hunter. You know it wasn't that long ago he ate. Then Jacob said, Swear to me this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau bartered future and eternal wealth for the present and the temporary need. Again. How many times do we sell out, take that tithe? Lord help us, Lord help us. It's that temporary, that present. You know, God, you know i got to have electricity. No, God, you know i got to have this. God says, do it my way. Don't sell out. Don't give up on it. Esau had no concern for the spiritual things, so his birthright meant nothing to him. He despised his birthright. This was very serious. Birthrights normally included a double portion of the inheritance, family leadership and worship and in war. But in this chosen line, this birthright included the promise and the blessings given to Abraham. Hallelujah. The privilege of carrying on the line that would bring salvation and blessings to the whole world. He didn't realize the birthright. He didn't value the birthright that he had. I'm afraid that we do the same thing. We don't value the Jesus that's on the inside. The God that's leading our lives. We sell out. We sell for the temporary and never thinking about the eternal. I believe Jacob probably knew and he wanted this relationship with God and the covenant blessings promised, but Esau had no concern for God or spiritual things. He sold out. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Just the smallest thing. he give up his birthright. This doesn't mean that Esau was godless and, in the sense of, of being atheistic or anything like that, but simply secular. He was just of the world. He just didn't even value, didn't even think about it, just thinking about his own needs, leaving God out of his life, his plans, his thinking. He was more concerned with his stomach than he was with his birthright. How many times do we not allow God to grow? Don't allow God to grow as to our potential because we sell out. I, I'm preaching a sermon here today. I've did this before. Shamefully, I've did this before. God, help us not to turn around, not to sell out. If you're a Christian here today, You've been given a special gift. Shelly, if you'd come back. We have a present inheritance. It's salvation, relationship with Jesus, baptism in the Holy Ghost, and the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. We also have an inheritance, an eternal home, life. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says... But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. You are complete in him, and he dwells within you. But we're not without hope. It doesn't matter where we're at. We're not without hope. Esau lost his birthright, and in effect he lost his inheritance. However, we're not, we're not without hope today. We have a savior who has assured us of a birthright. And you know what? On that birthright, it's stamped, not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. 2 Timothy 1:14. That good thing which was committed under thee keep by, are kept by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. What Jesus did for us in His life, death, and resurrection, gave us a birthright that is like no other birthright. It can't be underpriced, shortchanged, or simply sold out. We have to tell the enemy not for sale. I was reading the Jimmy Swagger commentary on some of this and some of these verses, and I jotted this down here. It said, the natural heart places no value on the things of God, as we see evidence in the choices made by Esau. To the natural heart, God's promises are vague, valueless, powerless things, simply because God is not known to them. Upon that which the unredeemed cannot see. They place no value. This is how it was with Esau. But if you're a Christian here today, there should be value in what God's done in your life. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he saved you from something, he can do it again. If he's kept you from something, he'll do it again. He can lead you to the future that he wants for you. To live that abundant life. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. We know it that. We already know that. I read the scripture to you. But Jesus came that we could have a life. That birthright. By him giving us that life and that more abundantly. Would you stand with me today? Can I say church? Christians, don't sell your birthright. Don't sell out on God. Keep what he's entrusted to you so we can run the race in order to win it.